Welcome to Stories of Hope. This is a podcast by the Dream Center where you will hear from people who have stories that once seemed hopeless. People whose stories of redemption and life transformation are so powerful they can only be possible by the power of Jesus. Hey everyone, my name is Tatum and I'm here with Joey. Hey guys and welcome to our podcast today. We are part of the leadership team here at the Dream Center and today we'll be talking with Karis Sadie. Karis is a longtime teacher and volunteer here at the Dream Center so we're very excited to hear her perspective on the Dream Center and just her own personal story of hope. So Karis, how are you? I am good. Excited to be here. Good. Well, we're excited to have you. Why don't you begin by just telling us a little bit about your life growing up? Well, I am a Pickens girl through and through. My mom was a teacher for 30 plus years at Pickens Elementary, and my dad was executive director for 30, I want to say 37 years of behavioral health services for Pickens County. And so I am the middle of three. I am Brooke is my older sister, and I have a younger brother, Tanner, and we all went through Pickens and then Clemson, and so Pickens County is just near and dear to my heart, but just growing up, my parents were just very supportive. I grew up in a very loving home, um, was from the earliest memory I have was church and growing up in a Christian home. They definitely modeled love to us as their children, and you know, to each other. Now as an adult and being married, I understand kind of how they fought to give us that um, because life doesn't always pan out the way that you want it to. Um, But just super grateful for the way that I grew up and the legacy of Christ that they gave us. And it's interesting that that would be my take just based on how different my parents' backgrounds were. My mom's parents were very loving loved the church, loved the Lord, gave that to their grandchildren. And then my dad grew up in an alcoholic, poverty-stricken home, and they, my parents met in college. So I saw those contrasts early on in life and saw how my dad fought to break the cycle. So you can really say me and my siblings are first generation out of poverty and alcoholism because my dad made some hard choices all along to break that cycle. Hearing that and how he made a difference in people's lives, and that's what we try to do here at the Dream Center, you know. And and uh, one of the things that you said you were Pickens, a Pickens person, and uh, uh, half of my yard is in Pickens and half of me is in Liberty, so I guess I would be considered that as well. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I was interested in hearing, you know, your story and that you come from that Christian re- upbringing. Can you tell us about uh, your relationship with, your, with Christ and, and, and maybe when you began that? I would have said years ago that I became a believer at six. And I think that's when I started to understand that there was more to life than me. <laughs> um, but I certainly did not become, a, I would say my story is a progressive one. I knew of God. I always felt like Jesus was in my heart from really eight years old and on. But I took for granted what it was like or what it should have been to live that out. And so from very early on, I learned how to live a double life, I would say. What I projected to everyone was just fun and outgoing and confident 
but what I felt inside was never enough. And so I never verbalized that to my parents. And that led me down some difficult roads. Again, I learned to fake it until I made it and um, became a very successful businesswoman and at a young age. And then at 29, became pregnant outside of marriage. And um, I just look back and I'm so thankful that the Lord met me in my sin and gave me the gift of life, literally gave me the gift of my daughter, Stella. And um, I think that that is when I really understood and began to live by the grace and the mercy that God extends to us through Christ. Can you tell us a little bit about how that moment at 29 when you gave birth to Stella and then from that point on how your relationship with Christ shaped you and transformed the way that you lived? Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I would be glad to. It's just I really feel like the last um, 11 years of my life have just been, they've been some of the hardest, but gosh, they've been some of the best. Um, because God has just taught me so much about who he is and how he loves us. And it's not dependent on me. It's not dependent on what I do. It is all because he is who he is, period. And so, so my husband and I got married when I was six months pregnant. And just like my parents came from really different backgrounds, Nick and I did too, just in different ways. So, I say that God put the two most different people in the world together in marriage at the Sadie house. (laughs) I'm very outgoing. I'm very, I love people. And Nick loves people too. He's just quiet at first. And so that's been a, a difficult dynamic at first. But now I love it so much about him because guess who's become a little bit more quiet? Me. Guess who's gotten a little bit more outgoing? him. And so it's just neat to see that happen. But we started on a very fragile foundation and both brought our own bag of, well, our own baggage into the marriage. I would say I definitely contributed more to that. Um, I brought a lot of shame. Shame resulted in anger. That was my baseline for the first six years of our marriage. He battled through some things as well that I weaponized against him early in our marriage. It was just toxic. I will forever say the biggest miracle of my life is my marriage because we looked at each other one day and we said, the only way we're going to do this is if we let God. And it did not become perfect after that. It was still a few years of work, and it still worked to this day. But we really trusted the Lord, and we decided we're going to trust the Lord with our marriage. We're going to decide to do this. And we just have spent the past five years watching the Lord just do amazing things in us, in our girls, in our home. And so that has been, again, my marriage is my biggest miracle to date, and I don't know when I'll get over it. Wow, thank you for your transparency and and for sharing with us that story um, because that's important for people to hear out there that there's how God transforms a life 
It's amazing to how he does that. And, of course, that's what the Dream Center is about, telling people that their lives can be changed. And so, uh, you know, how did you first get involved with the Dream Center, and, and, and what do you do currently here uh, within, our, within our doors? So I originally got involved with the Dream Center, I think it was 2016. It may have been 2017. I don't know. It's been a few years. I guess that to understand why the Dream Center means so much, I need to go back a couple of years. So when my marriage was probably at its toughest point, I started volunteering and teaching at a substance abuse shelter for women. I loved it, really enjoyed doing that with my time, but the Lord really convicted me that I was laboring for something that would not fix my marriage. And so I stepped away from that for a while. And then I actually went to church with Shannon Leatherwood. And that is how I got connected to the Dream Center. It's just kind of been no looking back from there. And so at that time, you guys were still very much working on your um, Opportunity Village program and the curriculum that you guys would use. And so I have had a front row seat to watch that develop. So I taught, I taught and still do teach health to your Opportunity Village residents when they first get here. And at first, it was not like that. I taught just general health to folks who came for classes. But now with my time limitations and kind of more of your needs, um, it has transpired into spending the first few weeks with the residents after they get here, which I have found just tremendously rewarding because I get to encounter them when they're still trying to figure out, is this worth it? And I get to look at them and I get to say, you're worth it. Your family's worth it. Not from because of anything that you've done or will do, but because of what God's done for you. I was a little reluctant at first to the change because I really like to get to know everyone here. Um, but looking back over the past couple of years, I really enjoyed just getting to know the girls at such a tough time. And we're grateful for you utilizing your knowledge and being able to share that with our residents and our clients in the past and all of that. I mean, we, we can't operate as an organization without volunteers who are experts in their field. So from somebody that helps with classes and coordinates classes, I'm grateful for that because um, that's a huge, huge need that we have here. Um, so, Karis, can you tell us how you've been impacted and how you've personally grown through your service at the Dream Center? I think that I came into this thinking oh, this will just be a good opportunity for me to use my nursing degree in a, in a different way. <laughs> and I have quickly learned that the opportunity to serve here is not about what I can teach the residents or, or people coming for classes. It is just such a beautiful picture of what God is doing and it is so humbling to be a part of it. And I learn way more than I will ever teach. That is for sure. Um, I think the biggest impact that the Dream Center has had on me is to not judge a book by its cover. I have a, a very interesting story of that lesson playing out in real time. So I just recently stopped traveling for work. For 15 years, I traveled for my job. And in September, 
of 2020, I was in Denver for a visit. And I was in a walked into the hotel lobby downtown Denver, the Hilton, nice hotel. I always tried to pick a safe hotel. So I was confident that I was walking into a safe place. And there was a situation where a man was very upset. It was a it could have escalated to a life-threatening situation very quickly. And I noticed that this homeless man was in between me and the man, but the homeless man stayed in between me and that man the entire time the situation played out. And it, and to be honest, at first I was uncomfortable because I thought maybe they were together because I was by myself. And I looked at the clerk and I said, are they together by any chance? And she acted like she did not know what I was talking about. And then it was like the Lord just said, he is there to protect you. I will never forget what he looked like. He was holding a plastic bag. I mean, I could tell you every detail about that man. And looking back, I know that God had put him there as, a, I believe, a guardian angel. Because when the cops arrived, I couldn't find him. He vanished. Had I not been working for five years at the Dream Center at that time, I would have missed a miracle. And I told, actually, I emailed Chris Wilson that story shortly after it happened because I was just so impacted by it, and I knew the Dream Center had played such a role in that because I'd been encountering the folks that you serve for years at that point, and I knew how rich their stories were and how worth getting to know they were, you know, getting to know who they were. I just knew how worthy of that that they were. And I don't think that if I had not had the years of experience volunteering here, that I would have even been open to the Lord saying, hey, I'm using this gentleman to protect you. It is amazing how the Lord does protect us in ways that we don't, I'm glad that you had, you got to put that together Mm -hmm. and got to see that, that miracle take place. Sometimes it happens and we don't even know it. And he's watching over us and taking care of us. And thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, You know, can you share uh, a time where in your teaching here at the Dream Center that you witnessed a transformation in the life of somebody that you were serving? It was in your class. So, gosh, it's hard to just name one because you guys have been so effective at reaching so many people. I think the first person that comes to mind is um, Jason and Deanna, you know, and just watching their life unfold and um, learning their story and then watching them progress and through, you know, running the Dream Center store, hearing their story, knowing that they had children and grandchildren and how their legacy would change you know, their lives forever because they had made some hard choices. So that's the first couple that comes to my mind. And then I would say Destiny and Amanda as well. I just got to know them really well personally and um, just watching them do the hard work. And I mean, they had a lot thrown in front of them that they could have just given up and they just kept going. And actually walking in here today, um, Destiny was the first person we saw when we got out of the car. My girls are with me and they love Destiny. She's like a celebrity in our house. And so just to see her and hear her say, I'm doing so well, I don't even know how to feel about it. And I think, wow, 
that's what it's about. Yes, when we can say that uh, we're doing so well, we don't even know how to feel about it. That's uh, that's a good that's a good statement to make right there. Well, Karis, I want to thank you uh, for joining us today on Stories of Hope. Uh, thank you for being so transparent and just sharing how God has radically changed your life. I definitely uh, we we definitely appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to serve here. It has been life changing for sure. And everyone, thank you for joining us on Stories of Hope today. We will see you next time. And remember, one person can't do everything, but every person can do something. Thanks for joining us today for Stories of Hope. For more information about the Dream Center, visit our website at dreamcenterpc.org. Additional resources related to today's episode can be found in our podcast show notes.